Section 17 of Flowers of Free Thought. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tommy Hersant, Carlsbad, California. Flowers of Free Thought by George William Foote. Section 17. Our Father. God's in his heaven, all's right with the world. Our Browning Pippa Passes. The Apostles' Creed, with which the Apostles never had anything to do, begins with the words, I believe in God the Father Almighty. The last word, Almighty, is an adjective which we owe to the metaphysical genius of Christian theologians, and the first words, I believe, are the customary shibboleth of the priests of every religion. For the rest, uh, this extract from the creed is taken from the Lord's Prayer, which itself is a brief selection from common Jewish prayers before the days of Jesus. According to the evangelists, uh, whoever they were, uh, Jesus taught his disciples to pray to our Father which art in heaven, for a number of things which no one ever obtained by that process. Nevertheless, the petition is offered up, generation after generation, by millions of Christians, whose hands are first folded in the gesture of prayer on their mother's knees, and whose lips are taught at the same time a form of words that clings to them for life. Our Father. The words are pretty and touching. When the child hears them, he thinks of someone like his own father, but immensely bigger and more powerful. And as the child is taught that all the necessities and comforts of life he enjoys, at the expense of his parents' labor and loving care, are really gifts from the father behind the scenes, it is no wonder that this mysterious being becomes the object of gratitude and affection. Which art in heaven, up there, in the region of dreams, beyond the sailing clouds, far away through the deep blue, where imagination builds its fairy palace of delight, and God, sits on his golden throne, and swift bright angels speed forth to execute his commands. Tell a child anything you please about that land of fancy, and you will be believed, especially if the tale comes from beloved lips, or from lips that bear the glamour of authority." and what the child is to the adult, early or savage man, is to the civilisé. To the African Negroes the highest god is the sky. The great deity Jew of our Aryan ancestors was the sky. The Greek Zeu and the Latin Jupiter were both the heaven-father. And we still say, Heaven forgive me, or fear the vengeance of heaven. This heaven, however, is no longer credible to anyone with a tincture of science. 
Hard as the truth to a child or a savage, the sky is not a reality, but an optical illusion. For forty or forty-five miles from the earth's surface, there is a belt of atmosphere growing rarer and rarer as it approaches the infinite ocean of ether. Gone forever is the old delusion of a solid heaven overhead, with windows in it through which God and the angels looked down upon the earth and its inhabitants. And what sight is there for heaven out in the cold blackness of space? That heaven is gone. And where is our Father? Science shows us a world of absolute order, in which what we call the laws of nature, the observed sequence and recurrence of phenomena, are never broken. The world was not fashioned for man's dwelling, nor is it maintained for his benefit. Towards the poles he freezes, towards the equator he burns. The rain nourishes his crops, or rots them, without asking his pleasure. The sea bears him, or drowns him, with equal unconcern. The lightning slays him, or spares him, whether good, bad, or indifferent, as he happens to be in or out of the line of its dazzling flight. Famine pinches his cheeks if he cannot procure food. The pestilence seizes upon his nerves and blood unless he learns the antidote to its ravages. He stands amidst the play of terrific forces, and only preserves himself by vigilance, patience, courage, and industry. If he falls, the enemy is upon him and the doom of the vanquished is death. Nature shows him no mercy. His mistakes are as fatal as his crimes. God has been in his heaven for eternity, but all is not right with the world. Man is always endeavoring to improve it, but what assistance comes from above a father in heaven would be a glorious fact, but who can believe it? Our father is utterly careless of his children. The celestial Rousseau sends all his offspring to the foundling. The late hard weather has thrown thousands of honest men out of employment and increased the death rate alarmingly. Where is the wisdom of this? Where is the goodness? The worst of men would alter it if they could, but God, they say, can do it, and he does not. Yet they still look up and say, Our Father? And the Father looks down with a face as blenchless as the Sphinx's, gazing forthright across the desert sand. What father would permit in his family the gross disparities we see in human life? One gorges and another starves. One is bloated and another is death's counterfeit. 
One is dressed in three-piled velvet, and another goes in looped and windowed rags. One is idle, and another slaves. One is sated with pleasure, and another is numbed with pain. One lolls in a palace, and another shivers in a hovel. What human father would not be ashamed to treat his children with such infamous partiality? Look at the physical and moral filth, and the mental abasement in our great Christian cities where new churches are constantly built for the worship of god where bibles are circulated by the million and where hundreds of sleek gentlemen flourish on the spoils of philanthropy read mr rudyard kipling's story of east end life read the lucubrations of general booth Listen to the ever-swelling wail over the poverty, misery, and degradation of hosts of our people, and then say if it is not high time to cease all this cant about our Father which art in heaven. Man has always been his own Savior. His instrument is science, his wisdom is self-help. His redemption begins when he turns his eyes from the delusive heaven and plucks up his heart from the fear of hell. Despair vanishes before the steady gaze of instructed courage. Hope springs as a flower in the path of endeavor. End of section 17. Reading by Tommy Hersant, Carlsbad, California.